What are we going to do as a church? Our souls need to wake up. We need to respond to the gospel of Jesus. He said, go into the world. We don't want to deal with reality, Christian. We don't even want to deal with reality even though we've been saved from this place. I'm calling on you today in the name of Jesus to rise up to the call of God. Christ is coming back soon. If I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you going to scare them off to? Hell number two? People stop and think about it. If hell really exists, and it does, I didn't say that Jesus did, then don't you think people need to know about it? Can't you at least give them a fighting chance? Or are you just going to sit there and let them burn? Amen. All right. Speaking of interns... All right. Uh, as you guys know, the last couple of weeks, we've been uh, seeing how the interns been getting some new jobs, trying to do an upgrade. You know, we saw Bobby apparently got a, a, a job with the Air Force as a pilot. Remember that? And then last week, you were here, Mario's apparently now working for the government. Okay. But Joey, Joey, if you recall, you know, he applied with Bobby to the Air Force, but he didn't get the job because they didn't need wood choppers. Remember that? Okay, so he's still out in need for a job. Well, he was talking to Robert, another one of our interns. How you doing, Robert? Okay, and apparently Robert gave him this lead about a job here in Vegas at a pharmacy, right? And so Joey decided to apply and get this. He got the job. Give it up for Joey. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <clears throat> and so on the first day there at the pharmacy, the owner of the drugstore, he walks in and he finds this guy. He's leaning against the wall and he's just going, oh, he's just moaning. He's just having a hard time. And and so he says to Joey, he says, Joey, hey, what, what's wrong with that guy over there uh, against the wall? And Joey said, well, he came in here this morning to get something for his cough, but uh, I couldn't find the cough syrup, so I gave him an entire bottle of laxatives. And so the owner screams at Joey and says, you goober, you can't treat a cough with a bottle of laxatives? And Joey says, well, sure you can. Look at him. He's afraid to cough. Turn to somebody and say, bad intern, bad intern. Okay, that is not cool, man. But folks, believe it or not, did you know Joey is not the only one making bad decisions, uh, creating havoc in the people's lives, okay? Uh, believe it or not, our planet's doing the same thing, okay? And here's their bad decisions we've been seeing. They're laughing, they're mocking, they're scoffing, they're doubting the news that Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. Okay, and it's producing some pretty disruptive results. Okay, why? Because it's heading towards the seven-year tribulation, and the Bible is very clear: the seven-year tribulation is not a joke. It is an outpouring of God's wrath on this wicked and rebellious planet. Jesus said it's the worst time in the history of mankind. So horrible that unless God shortened it to seven years only, the entire human race would be destroyed. How many guys would say that's pretty bad? Okay, but praise God, God's not just a God of wrath, he's a God of love as well. And because he loves you and I, he loves us, his creation, he gives us so many warning signs in advance so we wouldn't be caught off guard, so we would know when the tribulation was getting near, and therefore the rapture of the church uh, even closer than that. So in order to keep you and I from experiencing the ultimate bad day of being left behind, even worse than Joey giving you medicine, uh, we're going to continue, that's right, in our study, the final countdown update. Now, we've already seen the first 11 studies on the final countdown study. That was the Jewish people, the Antichrist, modern technology, worldwide upheaval, the rise of falsehood, the rise of wickedness, the rise of apostasy, then the rise of a one-world religion, a one-world government, a one-world economy, and the last two times was the rise of a mark of the beast. Okay, and what we saw, God predicted nearly 2,000 years ago that when you see all the nations on the planet, the world promoting some sort of marking system specifically to put people, uh, put into their bodies that will specifically link them to this global matrix system that specifically controls all the buying and selling. When you see that on the planet, guess what? Like it, lump it, leave it or not, you're living 
in the last days. And we saw there's proof for it. It's happening as we speak. It's not coming. It's already being put into place. We saw that with the universal matrix system, the universal ID system, the universal marking system, and last time, the universal biometric system, where right now, out of security measures, okay, people are being encouraged of all things to get connected to this matrix system with a body part. And it's not just for identity purposes. This connection with a body part allows them to also not just ID themselves, but to buy and sell, to make purchases, uh, as we saw there. And it's specifically starting to come down to two specific areas in the body, and that happens to be the right hand and the forehead. This isn't coming. This isn't 50 years down the road. It's being put into play right now. This is how close... We are, okay? But that's not all. The fifth way people are being deceived into receiving the mark of the beast right now as we speak, folks, is what I call the propaganda proof. Okay, the propaganda proof. They're warming us up to the idea. And it's been going on for quite some time. And it's common sense, I think, because just like we saw, they've been using for years and years and years, you and I, to get uh, open to the idea, to surrender our freedoms to some sort of horrible totalitarian uh, universal global society, and pushing this one world uh, government on us, a one world economy, and a one world religion. So it is, folks, when it comes to this issue, yes, even the mark of the beast. They're using propaganda to get the job done on a global scale. They are promoting people to receive microchip implants and specifically ones that will allow them to buy and sell right now. And yet here's the irony, like what Ron was saying. People are skeptical. I mean, this is all over the place. We're going to see it today. And they still have the audacity, even with all this proof, this is exactly what they're up to. They're using propaganda to get people to receive, ultimately, the mark of the beast. People will still say this, oh, come on, there's no proof. You're just some wacko, right? There's no evidence. You're just trying to scare me. There is no proof that this is going on. I need to have more evidence. And believe it or not, folks, this is interesting. Talk about being repeated. It was the same skepticism, the same hypocritical behavior that Jesus confronted at his first coming. Tons of evidence right in their face. Here he is, the Messiah. And nope, nope, we need more proof. Don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God's. Open the Bibles to Luke chapter 12. And let's see what Jesus did to the people at his first coming and how he confronted this attitude. No, no, no. You're just trying to freak us out. You're just trying to scare us. There's no proof. There's no proof of your coming. Okay? Luke chapter 12. And we're going to read verses 54 through 56. And let's take a look at what Jesus says to these people. Interpreting the times. Okay, interpreting the times. Now, we've seen as you turn there, we've seen so many different times. Okay, we don't know the exact day nor the hour, right? But God gives us a heads up. He gives us so many signs so we can interpret the times that at least, bare minimum, it's getting close, right? So we can get motivated, right? Or if a person's not saved, you better get saved before it's too late, right? So listen to what Jesus says to these people who had the audacity to scoff and say, well, this, just, I need more proof, okay? And he gives them an analogy. It's really cool. It's a stinger, too. Here's what he says. Interpreting the times, verse 54, he says, he said to the crowd, Jesus, he said, when you see a cloud rising in the west... Immediately you say, hey, it's going to rain. And what? And it does. And then he says, and then when you see the south wind uh, blows, and you, you say, hey, it's going to be hot. And it what? It is. And what's Jesus say? You hypocrites. You've got to be kidding me. That's the Crone translation. Are you serious? Really? You hypocrites? He says, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? right? 
And so just in short, right there, Jesus, in the context of what's going on here, he is basically telling these people at his first coming, he says, excuse me, here I am, the Messiah. I'm standing right in the midst of you. Okay, in the context, I've already done all these miracles right in front of your eyes. You can't deny it. I've demonstrated time and time and time and time and time and time again that I am the Messiah. I have fulfilled tons and tons of Old Testament prophecies, specifically that I am the Messiah. I verified that. And then you still have the audacity to say, I I, I don't get it. I can't come to the conclusion that you're the Messiah. You have the audacity to say you need more proof. And what does Jesus say to these people? You guys are a bunch of hypocrites. And then he lays it on the line. He gives them this great analogy. He says, listen, come on, this is common sense. Are you, are you serious? You actually think I'm going to believe that? You need more proof? He says, you don't even need that much information to make a decision about the weather, right? And he, he says that. He says, you don't need a TV weather guy, in essence. You don't need a Doppler radar. You don't need uh, Channel 8 news as cool as they are. Sonia, wherever you're at. Okay? And you don't even need satellites. He says, you look over there at the sky by the way, with minimal evidence. Oh, hey, look. How many guys got up today and said, hey, look, there's, there's no clouds in the sky. And the sun is out and shining. And you came to the instant confident conclusion, here in Vegas anyway, it's going to be a sunny day today. Right? And how many guys appreciate that from what's going on, on the East Coast? Woo-wee, wow, right? Right? You didn't even have to watch the weather to figure that out. And that's what Jesus said. He says, and then you, you look at it and you say, hey, uh, there's a scorching wind. And you say, whoa, it's going to be hot, right? And, and that's what he says. You, you do this without even thinking about it. And you're right because it's common sense and that's just minimal evidence. And yet I'm standing right before you as the Messiah. And I've done all these miracles. I'm giving you sign after sign after sign after sign. And you have the audacity to stand in front of me and say, oh, I, I need more. I can't come to this conclusion. Excuse me? In essence, what I believe Jesus, I think it's common sense, is telling these people at his first coming, he's saying that your real problem, first of all, you can't fool God. Anybody learn that one? Hello. Okay. The real problem is not a lack of information. It's they didn't want to get it. And so Jesus says, you're being a hypocrite. I see right through that. Now, here's my point in bringing this passage up. It is my contention, folks, that history is being repeated. As it was in the first coming, so it is in the second coming. It's being repeated today. People today, what? When you and I talk about these signs that we're living in the last days, I'm not making up. We're just going through the scripture, right? About the second coming of Jesus Christ. What is their society to do? Dare I say, what do some people in the American church do? They laugh. They scoff. They mock. You guys are a bunch of wackos. You're not one of those churches, are you? You're just trying to scare me. There's not enough proof. There's, wait, 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 there's no way that there's any signs. That you... Excuse me? Are you serious? After all we've been through, how much more information does God got to tell us? How many ways and how many different means does he have to let us know that we're living in the last days? Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back, and you better get ready. And I'm telling you, one of the biggest signs that is so obvious you need, that he's coming back is this sign with the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast, okay? They are using propaganda and have been for years to get us warmed up to receiving this, and yet people still have the audacity to say, oh no, you're being an alarmist, okay? And we're going to take a look at that propaganda today. The first way that they're using propaganda to get this and you and I to receive the mark of the beast, okay, is in the media, okay? Turn to somebody and say, shocker, okay, okay? 
And folks, I'm telling you, uh, this, the enemy, uh, Mr. Toja brought this out a couple weeks in Sunday school, the enemy will actually show you his hand of what he's doing and his plans if you just see it with your eyes. And one of the ways that they don't hide this, folks, it's all over the media, okay? They'll tell you what they're doing. But see, that's the problem. People don't want to receive it, right? And so let's take a look just real quick of how long they have been preparing us to receive the mark of the beast in the media. It's blunt if you would just see it. Let's take a look. With technology changing so rapidly, it's hard to imagine what will be commonplace a decade from now. We asked a group of forward thinkers to give us their technology forecast in today's Welcome to the Future. Instead of carrying credit cards or money, we will probably be implanted with chips that serve as our credit card and debit card. And that, you know, when we check out at the grocery store, we'll be swiping our own arm over the scanner. And that will be something we feel we can't live without. While you were sleeping, everyone in the city was installed code. It was a brilliant idea by Dr. Cocteau that an organically bioengineered microchip be sewn into the skin. Sensors all over the city can zero in on anyone at any time. I can't even conceive a visual of what you police officers did before it was developed. What do you think you're scratching, caveman? You really think we'd let you go without control? Actually, it's an RFID chip. Radio frequency identification. Like they put in dogs. It's the same basic technology. In the future, chips will be equipped with GPS. But for now, they simply carry a 16-digit number unique to each client. How much private information can you put in these chips? The applications are unlimited. In the future, we'll be able to track children, the elderly, criminals, immigrants. Welcome to the New World Order. One of the top shows on television today is the new CBS series Intelligence, about a government agent who has a neural interface or computer implanted into his brain so that he can connect wirelessly to the Internet, making him a transhumanist super soldier. Do I need to point out that CBS's logo is an all-seeing eye? <laughs> Back in the 1980s, animals started being injected with unique RFID chips to help track and identify farm animals and find lost pets. Ian Gillespie is a digital science researcher and describes the human microchip as the ultimate app. It's a sexy new piece of technology which could allow us to activate devices like phones and tablets, lights, doors, computers and even vehicles with just a wave of our hands. This procedure is being done at implantation stations, which are microchip stalls that can be found at technology festivals. Because implantation is like having a routine vaccination and gives us speedy access to our apps and devices, we could be living in a world where governments won't even have to make tracking chips mandatory. People will be itching to get their chip installed just so they can shop and communicate quicker. This cashless, cardless utopia might sound like the idyllic digital world that we're all after. The president put in a lot of money in the stimulus package to advance medical records so that if you have the chip, you can carry the records with you. They can stick it in a computer. They can know all your situations. The United Kingdom's information commissioner claims that in 2017, consumers will be cashless shoppers. A microchip holding personal bank account and credit card information will be implanted into the body, connecting to a database that will know who they are, where they live, what they like, and what they don't like. Shoppers will have their hands scanned, not their credit card. Oh, come on. You want to get a bunch of wackos? There is no evidence that Jesus Christ is coming back. All this prophecy stuff, it's got to be at least 50 years from now. There's no, you're being a conspiracy. You're trying to scare me, John. 
Wait a second. You got up this morning, you saw that the sun was out, no clouds, and you came to the instant confident conclusion, it's going to be nice in Vegas again. And you know what? You're right. But you see all this in the media, and it's been out there for year after year after year, and you still have the audacity to say, you're just trying to scare me, there's no proof. What would Jesus say to people like that today? You're being a hypocrite. And you might be thinking, well, okay, that's one thing, Pastor Billy, that they're promoting this, but there's nobody going to be falling for this. Excuse me? There's two things at play that's happening right now that people are warming up to this. Number one is we just saw the propaganda. The second problem is the church today is not uh, teaching on prophecy, so we're not countering the media propaganda. And so the younger generation now growing up, they think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Here's the opinion of getting a microchip implant from the up-and-coming generation. Let's, you tell me if the media is not working. Let's take a look. Hi there. My name is Emil Grastra. I'm the founder of Dangerous Things, and I'm a double RFID implantee. I first got my first implant in my left hand in 2005, and since then I've been working on different technologies, and now I have uh, developed the XNT fully NFC Type 2 compliant RFID implant tag. The primary use is uh, to be able to program a tag with a, a URL or information you want to share. I use my implants to get access to my house, so I use it for access control solutions. I get into my back door every day after I get home. I use it to get access to my car, so I can unlock my car and get in. Uh, I can also use it to log into the computer. Yeah, media's had no effect on that guy. It was just his own little world run that he came up with that idea. And now he's turned it into a business for other people. And Lord willing, you want to be here for next week. One of the reasons why this is catching on, because one of the biggest rage right now is not only with tattoos, it's with uh, body piercings. And those in that crowd, guess what they're pushing? And guess what his Dangerous Things company does, right? Because you're always trying to stretch the envelope. Oh, oh by the way, uh, the same technology not only unlocks his car and does all that stuff in his house and security, it buys and sells, okay? Is what he's what seeing there, okay? But, but he's not the only one. Listen to this. Here is the latest trend. The church has been silent on this to counter this. The media has been using propaganda for years and years. And listen to this recent article, Why I Want a Microchip Implant. Secular article. Here's what it says. If we just adopted such technology, our lives would be so much better. Ultimately, implanted chips offer a way to make your physical body readable for ATMs. You never lose them. Therefore, you're never cut off from your bank account, your gym, your ride home, your proof of ID, and much, much more. An implanted microchip could act as, listen to their words, universal identity token to traverse through the world. You know what the Bible calls that? The mark of the beast. Without the mark of the beast, you will not be able to traverse through the world. You will not be able to buy and sell. But hey, aren't you guys glad? No signs that Jesus is coming back. You're just trying to scare me, Jim. Knock it off. What? But that's not all, folks. The second way they're using propaganda to get people conditioned to receive the actual mark of the beast uh, during the seven-year tribulation is this realm. And you need to pay attention with this one, the medical industry. Turn to somebody and say, aren't you so glad the government took over health care? Ready, go. It was too long, Pastor Billy. I forgot what you said. <laughs> right? right? Aren't you glad? Woo! And this is awesome, huh? I'm telling you, folks, another huge area that they're using to get people conditioned to receive a microchip implant is in the medical industry, okay? And just like in the media, it's being sold as a panacea. If we all would just get microchip implants, it's not just convenient. Why? It would be such an incredible... We could create our own 
modern utopia with microchip implants. Medical industry is promoting this in a multitude of areas. And the first so-called health benefit, if you would just get a microchip implant, is believe it or not, folks, it will help you lose weight. Huh? Isn't that the big concern nowadays? And isn't that the concern that's always before us with all these obesity shows and this, that, and reality this? And I wonder why they're promoting that. Are they expecting some sort of solution to come along to fix it all? Yeah, it's called a microchip implant. Forget those diet pills. Huh? Forget all those uh, diet plans. If you would just get a microchip implant, you could lose that weight. I'm not making this up. Check this out. Swiss scientists say they may have found a way to help people lose weight by implanting a computer chip into their arms. Researchers are developing the device, which can scan the blood for fat and other things. When an obese person eats too much, it will release hormones that suppress hunger. Well, they say it will stop releasing those hormones once the person reaches a healthy weight. According to the CDC, 78 million adults in the United States suffer with obesity. That's 34 percent, while 17 percent of children suffer with the disease. Oh, well, that's what we got to do. We got to do for the kids, right? I mean, this is an epidemic, right? I mean, haven't you guys seen those reality shows and all this, and it's obese this and that, and the biggest loser, and that? there's a crisis on our hands, and we got to fix it, and these, the, the, the diets ain't working, the books ain't working. We try to warn people with these reality shows, and it keeps going on and on. I, hey, what if we all got these microchip implants? And that way, we'd make sure to solve this crisis. It might smell a rat. <laughs> it's like a setup. Excuse me? Now, me personally, I'll stick to uh, Ruffles. Those are great chips. You know, they're good for dipping, especially if you get the thick ones. Yeah, but seriously, excuse me? Well, that's right. Hey, maybe your problem isn't losing weight. You know, when you get older, this thing starts to happen. You start losing your memory. I'll say that again, John. You start losing your memory. <laughs> You're going to get me. <laughs> right? Well, believe it or not, they got a chip for that, and unfortunately, it's not a Ruffles or Doritos. The second so-called health benefit in the medical industry, they're really promoting this now. If you would just get a microchip implant, you know what? It's going to monitor your loved one. Huh? You know that, that one that has Alzheimer's? And you think, well, that's kind of invasive. Put a chip in Hey, listen, they got Alzheimer's, they say. Who cares? They don't know, right? And, and you know, if we put a chip inside these people... I mean, we can keep track of them. We can keep them safe. We can make sure they're taking their medicine on time. And you, that's right, you wouldn't have to be inconvenienced is all. And it isn't just coming. It's already here. And it's not already here. People, quote, are lining up to get them. Watch this. Five million Americans are currently living with Alzheimer's. Five million with an enormous, enormous amount of concern for family members about keeping their loved ones safe throughout the illness. Now, we told you before about a high-tech microchip that could be implanted in the arm. Uh, critical medical details could be accessed, and people wonder if eventually this could lead to tracking the people. Well, it isn't without controversy, and ABC's John Berman is here to tell us that people are now ready and lining up. Yeah, that's right, Diane. Good morning. One of the greatest fears for those caring for someone with Alzheimer's is that their loved one will get lost, show up at a hospital, and no one will know who they are or what's wrong with them. And we have reported on this tiny new microchip that might be able to help. Well, now for the first time with great, great controversy, patients are lining up to get them. The Verichip is the size of a grain of rice. It has a 16-digit identification number, which gets scanned at a hospital. 
When the number is put into a database, it can provide crucial medical information. If you get lost, we can find you, and also if you ever have any medical problems, we'll be able to get some information about you. Okay. It's the latest type of high-tech gear used to care for the elderly. It's the same technology used to track wayward pets. Oh, I get it. Mario, do you see the connection there? You just kind of warm it up like a frog in a pot. I mean, first of all, it used to be optional that you can get a microchip implant for your pet. Remember that? Have you noticed where it's going now? It's becoming mandatory. But hey, first of all, you know, it's, it's good for getting your pets with the chip. And hey, why, why don't we, you might as well start doing it for the elderly, especially with Alzheimer's, who also go stray. Anybody see any connection? Warming you up to the idea, okay? But hey, if these microchips are good for uh, finding Fido and, and your loved one who has Alzheimer's when they get older, um, what about maybe controlling some of the parameters of those who are younger? The other end of the spectrum. You know, like... Who gets to have kids or not? Believe it or not, the medical industry is promoting not just a microchip implant as a birth control. Listen to this. It's a remote control birth control. Somebody else controls it outside of you, making that decision for you. Watch this. This really could be a birth control revolution. Local researchers are working on a microchip that could control a woman's hormones with help from a remote control. Dr. Malika Marshall joins us now with details. Sounds crazy, right? A remote control? Well, a biomedical technology company teamed up with MIT. Right now, they're testing a contraceptive with wireless capabilities, and it could prevent pregnancy for up to 16 years. This kind of technology could have a, a, a major effect and revolutionize various aspects of medicine, including birth control. Some experts point out that women already have implantable birth control options like the IUD. Researchers are now working on the remote to make sure it can't be hacked. Yeah, yeah, that'd be another crisis waiting to happen. Can you imagine that? Some, some guy hacking into all the birth control implants around the world? I mean, he can control the population. Speaking of which, do you know who's promoting these microchip implant remote control birth control pills? Do the research and you'll see that it's Bill and Linda Gates Foundation, who, if you've been tracking with us, openly are for population control. But as you saw, it's, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, first chip Fido, then the elderly. And, and, uh, but first, hey, get, get ladies used to the short-term implants. And then maybe later they'd be open to these longer-term ones that last for 16 years, and it happens to be remote control. But don't worry. The medical industry is here for you guys. Wow. Turn to somebody, and if you can remember all this, aren't you glad the government took over the health care? Because aren't you glad they would never mandate a chip to fix all these things? Yeah, if you believe that, Tom and I will be back there selling Swampland again this week. We're doing good. How much have we got so far, Tom? Anyway, let's move on. The fourth so-called health benefit the medical industry is pushing to get a microchip implant is it's going to monitor your disease. Oh, what a society we could... Folks, if, I mean, think about it. This is, this is awesome. This is truly the panacea for all of our ills, the betterment of society. If these microchip implants are good for losing weight, finding Fido, tracking your loved one with Alzheimer's when they get older, and hey, getting rid of those unwanted kids, we are headed for judgment. God is the one who's in charge of life. 
And who in the world are we to take life to the tune just here in America, 57 million children? And you wonder why the seven-year tribulation lasts for so long, okay? But hey, you know, if it gets rid of these so-called, what society would call, unwanted kids, then what, Marla, do you think maybe they could, they could find unwanted diseases? Yeah. They actually, I kid you not, have come out with now a microchip that can actually <laughs> sniff out diseases. Wouldn't it be awesome? No more wondering. Let's take a look at this next technology. With the help of scientists, we're suddenly catching up with our four-legged friends here. An extraordinary sensor has been developed to help us humans sniff the air around us for anything dangerous, including disease. We have invented a microchip to detect chemicals in the air. It's essentially a microchip with a sense of smell. Combining expertise in chemistry, electronics and nanotechnology, the microchip has been developed at a research lab in Cambridge. Their technology is already used by BP and Shell and in the food industry by Coca-Cola and Nestle for the next big market, healthcare. They hope it could help detect disease. There have already been a number of research papers published suggesting we can do these sorts of things, detection of cancer, detection of tuberculosis, detection of asthma, for instance. Wow. And how many of you guys wouldn't love to be forewarned if you had one of those diseases? I mean, talking about awesome. Oh, by the way, you need to understand that they're not just talking about a microchip implant that you might have in yourself to smell the diseases. They're talking about the ability to read these uh, implants and have these, if you will, sniffers even out in the public, like if you're in the store or whatever. And so what they're actually envisioning is there could be a time that you're just walking along, right? And all of a sudden you walk into your workplace, alarm goes off, John, we smell cancer on you. John, it smells like it's terminal. John, you need to report to your nearest hospital. And we need to talk about end-of-life care. Can you, this, is, this is what they're envisioning. Because they can sniff out disease. And we all know that computers and the medical industry, with all due respect, never makes a misdiagnosis. Talk about another tool to get rid of anybody just like that. We smell a disease on you. Come on in, we'll put you out of your misery. Chips don't lie. Folks, this is not 50 years down the road. It's being implemented now, okay? But that's still all. The fifth so-called benefit that the health industry says, man, if you just get a microchip implant, is you know what? It will help monitor your brain. Believe it or not, folks, they don't want just chips in your arms. They don't want them just in your hands. They want chips they're promoting in your head. And they say it wouldn't just, uh, you know, better your health, but if you let us put a chip in your head, we could actually, quote, restore your health. We could actually create what a society this is, right? If you can get rid of diseases, okay, what are you going to do about those who, who are impaired or who have paralysis? I mean, how, how's a microchip going to help them? Well, you let us put that chip in your head, you could walk again. Watch this. There's an old expression for overcoming less than desirable situations, mind over matter. And for 23-year-old quadriplegic Ian Burkhart, that's exactly what had to be done. 
Burkhardt became paralyzed after a 2010 diving accident, but now Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center has just had a breakthrough discovery that may help many quadriplegics across the globe. They were able to get Ian Burkhardt to move his hand with the power of thought. Doctors, neuroscientists, and engineers from Battelle were able to implement cutting-edge technology by installing a chip directly into Ian's brain. The signals are then taken from the chip and bypass the injury in the spinal cord, linking the signals directly to the muscles in the arm. How many times have I said, I'm not going to say, thus say the Lord. But when you do look at the research and you're available with this technology and what they're doing with all these microchip implants, I really think that term... If you don't take this mark in your right hand, your forehead, it says there in the text, you will not be able to buy and sell. I think that term buy and sell is a loaded statement. Can you imagine you put all this together? And this is just the medical industry. There's a lot more going on. It isn't just buying and selling, but can you imagine the selling point of the Antichrist when he approaches people? Don't you realize that, listen, I'm not only going to shut you out of the system. Don't you realize you're... If you take this mark, you could walk again. You'll never worry about your loved one. We'll keep track of you. We'll sniff out your diseases. We'll create a utopia if you would just take this mark. Yeah, it's by himself, but maybe it's a whole lot more. But I don't know about you guys. Good, good thing there's no sign Jesus coming back. <laughs> I need more proof. How about you guys? You got up this morning. Yeah, me too. You saw the sun in the sky. There's no clouds. You instantly came to the logical conclusion, hey, it's going to be nice in Vegas, and you're right. But you would actually sit there and say, I need more proof. We're living in the last days. What would Jesus say to people like that? You're being a hypocrite. Maybe it's because you don't want me to come back. Maybe it's because you really love this world and the things of this world, and the love of the Father's not in you. Ooh. Wow. Let's move on. The third way they're using propaganda uh, to get people used to this idea, get a microchip implant. It's the greatest thing since sliced bread is, believe it or not, with your employment. What? Are you serious? Yeah. Folks, believe it or not, again, the Bible is clear. Ultimately, this choice, right now it's being sold as a convenience. It's voluntary. They're encouraging it. This choice to get this uh, mark of the beast technology implanted in you, uh, ultimately, it's going to be taken away. Right now, it's voluntarily, but one day, you're going to be forced to do it Anyway, and again, let's take a look at that passage. Revelation 13 clearly talks about this. Verse 12, 14, 15, 16, and 17 says this. He made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose fatal wound had been healed. He ordered them to set up an image and honor the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. He caused all who refused to worship the image to be killed. And he also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead. Why? So that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark. Now, we've seen that several times, many times before, but the Bible is very clear. It's not just that the mark of the beast system is coming. It's not going to be implemented during the seven-year tribulation, but it's going to eventually, you're going to lose the option to opt out under the penalty of death, okay? And believe it or not, this ability to not, no longer to be able to opt out of this, that's being taken away. We have progressed so far, folks. It's not just the media is promoting this, the medical industry promoting this. We're now into the second stage. Now it's becoming mandatory. Now, we already saw before in our study that they're already starting to force soldiers to go along with this, prisoners to go along with this, sex offenders to go along with this. 
dignitaries around the world to go along with this, police officers to go along with this, but now they're really starting to promote it heavily in your workplace. You might need to get one pretty soon if you want to keep your job. Watch this. This just came out. What was this, Diane? A couple weeks ago? You sent this to me? This just happened. Watch this. Well, whether it's for getting on a bus or getting into the office, office, many of us these days are used to swiping an electronic card. But how would you feel if the microchip wasn't in the car, but in your hand instead. Not holding in your hand. Under, under the, the skin. skin. Under the skin. Well, one company in Sweden is doing just that. It offers its staff the chance to have the chip inserted. Our technology correspondent, Rory Kathleen Jones, has been finding out how it works. Stockholm and a nondescript building has been converted into a high-tech office space. But look under the skin to find something really futuristic. Felicio da Costa doesn't need a pass to get in. Then it's another swipe of his hand for access to his office. What's going on? I've got the chip implant. So uh, that's why the doors let me in. Where's the chip? The chip is right, right inside here. The new offices will soon host a shifting population of 700 entrepreneurs and employees, and they'll all be offered the chance to get chipped. I've just been chipped myself. Uh, it's not a painless process, but it doesn't last too long, not too difficult. Minor surgical procedure, which basically involves uh, a little chip the size of, I suppose, of a grain of rice being inserted under your skin. Uh, and you can then go off and have it programmed and then do various things inside the building. Let's go and have a look. The new offices will allow them to use the photocopiers and eventually to log on to computers or pay for food in the cafe. Hi, Hannes. Uh, can I get your contacts? The man behind the scheme, whose business card can be accessed via his chip, says the aim is to learn lessons. We want to be able to understand this technology before big corporates and big governments come to us and say, hey, everyone should get chipped, the, the tax, uh, tax authority chip or the, the Google chip or Facebook chip. Say what? How's that for a rationale? Well, we're getting used to this now because it's only a matter of time before the government says you've got to take one anyway, or Google, or Facebook, or all three, or whatever. What? That, that, that means it's going to be mandated one day, even in your workplace. First the pets, got used to that. That was an option, but the option was taken away. Now it's for your workplace. Hey, but maybe it'll be non-optional one day. He actually said that was his mouth. Now, if you don't think that this is a trend, and that's just an isolated... Oh, by the way, where, where was that taken at? Anybody, anybody pay attention to that? That was in Sweden. Now, if you've been here the last few weeks, we saw how Sweden just happens to be a whole country that is about that close to going cashless. And then if you're here last week, we saw that Sweden just came out with a new hand payment, cent, uh, payment system called Quickster. And now Sweden is promoting these in the workplace. Anybody seeing a connection there? You, you, you see the sun out today, and there's no, what? Excuse me? And you still need more proof. Oh, by the way, this isn't the only trend that it's becoming non-optional. As he forewarned, the government soon is probably going to say it. But listen to this. Okay, speaking of Australia, this is wild. One guy down there, a liberal candidate, is proposing to, quote, microchip suspects by sniper rifle. Sorry, Jewel, got to share this. 
Uh, Ray King is proposing a radical new policing system in which criminal suspects would be injected with satellite tracking microchips shot from a high-powered sniper rifle to, quote, improve productivity in the Australian police force. He said, quote, what I propose and will endeavor to convince others of is the implementation of microchip technology similar to that being used to control animals, but to put criminals behind bars. So if you're a bad person, we're going to shoot you with a microchip implant to keep track of you. What? Oh, but listen, they're also advocating, quote, the government should use microchips to deny births to the unworthy. Well, who gets to define that? One guy said this, the idea first crossed my mind when I heard a nurse say, with 10,000 kids dying every day around the world from starvation, you'd think we'd put birth control in the water. He said, that gave me an idea to start creating parental licenses. The process, he said, would be just like obtaining a driver's license. Parents would have to pass a series of basic tests to give them the green light to get pregnant or to raise children. And those applicants who were deemed unworthy, like who? He mentions the homeless, criminals. What if we became a criminal for just being a Christian? Homeless criminals or those in poverty would not be allowed to have kids until they can demonstrate they were suitable parents. You're saying, well, it's one thing for a guy to think that. Well, how are you going to enforce this? It's like somebody's following the script. Listen to what he said. He said he's found new hope to pull this off with a new contraceptive technology funded by Bill and Linda Gates Foundation, the remote-controlled injectable microchip implant that could sterilize people up to 16 years. Wow. I'm sure that's a quinkity. Oh, speaking of which, uh, speaking of Bill Gates, did you know there's also talk of maybe putting these babies in vaccines? And isn't that a hot topic right now with that measles thing? Interesting. And, and did you notice that it's progressed so far that you used to be able to opt out for religious beliefs? Did you notice a bill that's being pushed in California right now to say, forget that, we'll make you take it anyway? But listen to this, Bill Gates... Uh, vaccines listen in recent years vaccines are being combined now with nanobots oh isn't that nice that would manipulate cells as well as release biological and chemical components to permeate every area of the body including the placenta so now you're going to sneak nanobots inside the vaccines interesting can anybody guess who is now pushing not just vaccines but nano vaccines bill and linda gates foundation interesting unless you think that there might not be some nefarious plans you need to pay attention you won't hear about it in the news here in the united states go outside the united states right now india is holding bill gates accountable for vaccine crimes the indian supreme court has brought a lawsuit against the bill and melinda gates foundation for multiple deaths and illnesses from their vaccines and in many cases administered without parental knowledge and other countries like Pakistan are now blaming him for the deaths of at least 10,000 children caused by vaccines. I thought they were supposed to help. Not what, what kind of a freaky future are we headed for? Oh, it's optional now. But one day, you're going to have to get this thing whether you like it or not. One guy shares this. He said, hey, it's only a matter of time before human embedded microchips achieve widespread acceptance. Your initial reaction to this idea might be one of disbelief. There's no way society would accept such a device. Why would anyone want an implant in their body? He says, but consider where we are right now. 
For decades, Americans rejected the notion of ever submitting to being tracked and recorded, right? He says, yet just about every American right now carries a cell phone and embedded in every phone is a microchip that tracks your every movement. He said, and eventually this new technology, this is a secular article. Listen, listen, even the lost sees the signs and comes with a minimal amount of information to the logical conclusion, we're headed towards a mark of the beast that will be mandated. The lost. And yet people would say, oh no, there's, listen to what he says. And eventually this new technology will be non-voluntary. They're coming to the conclusion. He said, to gain access to official services, you'll need to be a verified human. (laughs) And without this verification, you will not be able to purchase a six-pack of beer, let alone get medical care or even a driver's license. And one day, this kind of technology will likely be so pervasive that you won't be able to open a bank account, secular article, a credit card, or even buy anything. Listen to this without either having your hand or your face scanned first. Whether we like it, he says, or not, this is our future. So here's a secular guy dealing with the information around him, coming to this conclusion, and you would still have people have the audacity to say, you're just trying to freak me out. You're just an alarmist. What are you, one of those wacky people? What are you, a conspiracy theorist? Excuse me, what would Jesus say to those kind of people? Stop being a hypocrite. How much more information do I need to give you before you realize we're living in the last days? And this is why Jesus said when these things begin to take place, and they are, folks, okay, you need to stand up, lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Oh, can I tell you something? Did you know that Jesus coming back is not bad news? Okay. If you love them, but if you love this world, you don't want them to come back. And that's not a good place to be. But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I beg you, please, how many more signs has God got to give you? Right? We're living the last days, and we are headed for the seven-year tribulation. And even if somehow, as we saw before, you could somehow survive the whole seven-year tribulation, the Bible's very clear at the end there's going to be an angel harvest, and they're going to swoop you up and throw you straight into hell. Either way, it's not good, really not good, but the good news is, there is a prescription. Don't listen to Joey. The prescription is the cross of Jesus Christ. Take the way out now before it's too late. How much more information do you need? Amen? Let's pray. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. It is a big idea, a new world order. A world in which there is the very real prospect of a new world order. After 1989, President Bush kept said, and it's a phrase that I often use myself, that we needed a new world order. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once. 
and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. So that the problem of the Bush presidency will be the emergence of a new international order. Within the next four years, we will see the emergence of a new international the order. The beginning of a new international order. The pieces are in flux. Soon they will settle again. Before they do, let us reorder this world around us. I think its task will be to develop an overall strategy for America in this period when really a new world order can be created. It's a great opportunity. It isn't just a crisis. It's about the future of Europe and a new world order. There's a need for a new world order, but it has different characteristics in different parts of the, of the world. But today, with Asia already outproducing Europe, India and China are clearly becoming part of our new order. We are now facing a common challenge. And the challenge is how to build a world order for the first time in history on a global basis. So, in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen, a new world is emerging. It is a new world order with significantly different and radically new challenges. The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. Good evening, everybody. President Obama and British Prime Minister Gordon today calling for a new world order to tackle our global economic crisis. And the president outlined his vision of a new world order in which the U.S. would participate fully. We've got to give them a stake in creating the kind of uh, uh, world order that I think all of us would like to see. So I see a world order in the future with a multipolar uh, world order. I think a new world order is emerging and with it the foundations of a new and progressive era of international cooperation. But in a globalized economy, we are going to have to take global responsibilities and there going to, is going to have to be some semblance of global governance. Never before has a new world order had to be assembled from so many different perceptions or on so global a scale. Nor has any previous order had to combine the attributes of the historic balance of power system with global democratic opinion and the exploding technology of the contemporary period. And I surely believe India will be a central actor in the new world order. There also exists an extraordinary opportunity to form for the first time in history a truly global society. 2009 is also the first year of global governance with the establishment of the G20 in the middle of the financial crisis. The climate conference in Copenhagen is another step towards the global management of our planet. New World Order is the headline in the Globe and Mail in Canada. Is this global governance at last? Is it one world, the central bankers in charge? But aren't we all just living and dying for what the central banks do? Of course we are. We are absolutely slaves to central banks. <laughs> Vice President Joe Biden calls the newest graduate, the graduates of the Air Force Academy strategic thinkers as well as warriors and the future of the new world order. It allows us to refocus our intelligence and military assets and resources to other parts of the world where they are needed.
where we face new challenges. This is the world you are graduating into. This is what I want to talk about today with you for a few minutes. I believe we, and particularly you, your class, has an incredible window of opportunity to lead in shaping a new world order for the 21st century in a way consistent with American interest and the common interest. During an event honoring the 223rd anniversary of Poland's constitution last night, Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel said we are seeing a new 21st century world order being built. And although there are conflicts and complications, there's still hope. I think what's more hopeful, and maybe than any other time in the history of the world, is that we have more opportunities, have more possibilities, and more resources. We meet here at a moment of testing for Europe and the United States and for the international order that we have worked for generations to build. I congratulate you on taking your place on the long gray line. But the world is changing with accelerating speed. This presents opportunity, but also new dangers. It will be your generation's task to respond to this new world. Over the last two years, journalists and activists have been fighting a specific provision in the annual National Defense Authorization Act, or NDAA, through a lawsuit called Hedges v. Obama. It's called Section 1021B, otherwise known as the Indefinite Detention Clause, which gives the U.S. military the right to indefinitely detain U.S. citizens anywhere in the world including right here in America. This not only attacks your First Amendment rights, it attacks your Fifth Amendment rights, your Due Process Clause, because this gives not the U.S. government, but the U.S. military the right to detain you and uh, indefinitely with no due process. Now, when I was in America, um, I don't often say this, but I might as well say it here tonight, my driver, who has carried all the prophetic preachers across America before me, told me, he said, every time we get to a bridge, you watch. And we went through 38 states in two and a half weeks, and every bridge we got, went near, there were men working underneath it, putting in steel girders. He said, that is for the United Nations tanks that are going to come in and take over America shortly. Is everybody clear what I'm saying tonight? This goes on tape. The whole of America will be inundated with United Nations troops. In fact, they're training now. Heavy artillery rocked downtown Tampa today as military gunships and helicopters roared by the convention center. Now, this was all part of the annual Special Forces Operations Convention. And while it wasn't a real invasion, our Chris Trankman says it looked about as real as it could get. This was different. Uh, this was a first for me. <laughs> Usually no one sees what we do. The display featured Apache helicopters speeding overhead, while bigger Blackhawk choppers carried highly trained operatives as part of a make-believe invasion. In the distance, they must travel to the target. The spectacle rivals any show. Listen to me like you've never listened to me, ever in your life. We have got to lay our lives down for the purposes of God. This is not a Sunday school picnic, the Church of Jesus Christ. This is not an invitation to have continuous good times. This is a war for the souls of men. Come out from among them. Run for your life. Because this is about your life. 
It's not just about an opposing theology or conflicting viewpoint on Jesus. This is about your life. My mind is forever branded with the story that I heard of police officers from the city of New York as, as people were fleeing from a crumbling building. There were police officers and firemen and others that were running towards the building saying, run for your life at their own peril. And in some cases, I believe they knew they were going to die, but there was a sense of duty. I was crying out to God. I said, God, oh, Jesus, don't let my sense of duty be less for your kingdom than these beloved firemen and policemen were for those that are perishing in a falling tower. We're living in a generation when truth is falling into the streets. I want to be among those that are not running away from the conflict, but running into the conflict and say, run for your life. Run from Gospels that focus only on success and prosperity. Run! Run from those who use the name of Christ only for his personal gain. Run from those that are picking your pocket in the name of Jesus. Run! Run from Gospels that only focus on self-improvement. Run! Run from churches where men and not Christ are glorified. Run! Run! Body of Christ, run! Get out! Don't touch the unclean thing. Run from churches in America and Canada where there is no Bible. There's no cross in the theology. There's no soul-searching word. There's no repentance from sin. There's no mention of the blood of Jesus. Run! It's unclean. Run! Run from churches where you're comfortable in your sins. If you come into the house of God and you've got sin in your life and you're not convicted of it, you're at a table of devils. Run from pulpits that are filled with political men who are using the pulpit of God for a personal political agenda. Run! Run from those who preach division between races and cultures. Run! Run! Get out! Turn it off! Get away from it! They know nothing of God. Run! from ungodly, spasmodic movements and endless, empty prophesying. Beloved church, run for your life. Run from preachers that stand and tell stories and jokes. Run like you've never run before. Run! 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 Amen. All right. Well, hey, how many guys were here last week and you realized that Bill Wimberly was gone again? Okay, well, hey, you know, uh, it's what more of a fitting conclusion to our study than uh, to announce this news. Did you know, unfortunately, Bill Wimberly had another bad week? You know what I'm saying? And guess who's going to get to tell you about it? 
Yours truly, that's right. Well, apparently here's how it went, Ron, and you know why you were doing announcements last week. Uh, Bill was still fuming, if you recall, about Diane giving him that book. Remember that? The title of that thing, Women Are From Venus and Men Are Wrong. Yeah, and he was still you know, upset about her putting salt flakes in his cornflakes. He was foaming at the mouth, Randy, for a week on that. Salt flakes. Uh, but anyway, so anyway, so uh, he, he, was, he was getting tired, basically, apparently, of just being bossed around. Right, Bill? Oh, I, I was going to tell you, don't move a muscle. You're in trouble now. So, <laughs> so he's getting tired of being bossed around, right? So he goes to see a psychiatrist. First mistake, don't listen to man. Do not listen to man. Anyway, so he goes to the psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist tells Bill that he needs to build up his self-esteem. And so he gave Bill this book on assertiveness. He needs to assert himself more. So Bill, by the time he reached home, he'd already finished that little booklet there. And, and so he storms into the house. He walks up to Diane. He points a finger right in her face, and he says this. Now, from now on, listen to me. Listen. From now on, I want you to know that I am the man of this house. Right, Bill? Yeah. <laughs> and my word is law. Okay, and I want you to prepare for me a gourmet meal tonight. And, and when I'm finished eating my meal, you're going to make me a sumptuous dessert. And, and then after dinner, you're going to draw me a bath so I can relax. And when I'm finished with my bath, guess who's going to dress me and comb my hair? And Diane said, the funeral director. <laughs> okay. The funeral. <laughs> and... I don't even know how you're still here, Bill, frankly, but uh, <laughs> don't listen to man, right? It's the whole point, right? Tell you what. Uh, but believe it or not, folks, uh, uh, Bill Wimberly is unfortunately not the only one who's headed for a bad ending, okay, by listening to man's advice. Our whole planet is doing the same thing. You and I, we're listening to God. We're trying to share God's advice. We're trying to warn our world that, hey, Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. But what are they doing? They're listening to man. They laugh at us. They scoff at us. They say, hey, you're a bunch of wacky conspiracy theorists. You're trying to scare me. And because they're listening to man, they are headed for their own funeral. The Bible calls it the seven-year tribulation. And that's not a joke. It's an outpouring of God's wrath on this wicked and rebellious planet. Jesus, one more time, said it's the worst time in the history of mankind. So horrible that unless God shortened that time frame, kept it to just seven years, the entire human race would be destroyed. But praise God, God's not just a God of wrath. He's a God of love as well. And because he loves you and I, he gives us so many warning signs in the scripture. They've been there for 2,000 years, Old Testament, New Testament, to let us know when it's getting close, okay? So in order to keep you and I here at sunrise from experiencing the ultimate bad day of being left behind, even worse, John, than what Bill just did, okay, uh, we're going to conclude, that's right, turn to somebody and say that word, conclude, that's right, our study, the final countdown update. Now, we've already seen the first 11 updates on our study, and that was the Jewish people, the Antichrist, modern technology, worldwide upheaval, the rise of falsehood, the rise of wickedness, the rise of apostasy, the rise of a one-world religion, a one-world government, a one-world economy, and the last three times was the mark of the beast. Good thing we see no signs of that happening. Yeah, uh, yes, we are. Okay, what we saw is that God lovingly foretold you and I that when we see on our planet all the nations around the world promoting on a global scale some sort of a marking system to be put in the body, specifically the right hand or the forehead, to link people to this global matrix system to control all the binding and the selling on the planet, guess what? Like it, lump it, leave it or not, you're living in the last days. And again, is that bad news? Since when did it become bad news to be reminded Jesus Christ is coming back to get us? Last time I checked, heaven's just a little bit better than here. 
capital little, okay? Excuse me, it's way better. Are you kidding me, okay? And we saw the proof. This isn't just some make-believe conspiracy theory. It's happening, folks. It's not coming. It's happening now and being put into place now. That's what makes these times much different. We saw that with the universal matrix system being put into place, universal ID system, a marking system, a biometric system, okay? And last time with the propaganda system where they are using the media, the medical industry, and even your own workplace. So what? To encourage people to get a microchip implant, not only for ID purposes, but for payment purposes, okay? And again, of all places, they're really pushing the right hand, and they're even saying, hey, it's an option now. It's a convenience now. But the mandate, in order to keep your job, it's coming pretty soon, okay? But that's all. John, I'm still preaching on this at least one more time, so guess what's that mean? There's got to be more. That's right, there's got to be more. must be that snappy white shirt you got on like mine, okay? Uh, And there is the sixth way that people are being deceived, unfortunately, right now, to be willing uh, to receive the mark of the the beast is, in fact, just that, the willingness proof, okay? The willingness proof is what I call it, okay? And I think this is common sense. This is something we should expect at some point, if we're getting close anyway. If you're going to pull off this mark of the beast system, then you not only have to encourage people Okay, repeatedly, year after year, over and over and over again uh, in the media with the propaganda to warm up to the idea. But at some point, you think that your propaganda's got to work, right? And that people would actually be willing to give it a shot, right? Well, folks, what in the world do you think was happening right now? This isn't just coming for the first time in mankind's history. We are seeing people on a global scale who are willing to do it right now. In fact, they think it's awesome. And that we are the ones who are missing out on such a wonderful future, okay? Now, the problem is they're not just willing to do it, but they're even willing to do it when the Bible is very clear, the penalty for taking the mark of the beast. It's horrid, your absolute worst nightmare. But don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God. So let's take a look at that penalty. This is just one passage saying what's going to happen to those who take the mark of the beast. Revelation 14 uh, is our text, verses 6 through 11. Revelation 14, if you find the dictionary, what do you do? You can move all day long and still score points with me. But yeah, you do need to take a left. Okay, so somebody's getting smart. Uh, Revelation 14, we're going to look at verses uh, 6 through 11, okay? Now here comes three angels, going to warn some people, okay? As we're going to see, during the seven-year tribulation, again, you need to get saved today. You can avoid the whole thing, but during the seven-year tribulation... Praise God, his mercy is still amidst his judgment. People can still get saved, but you're going to pay with it with your life. A lot of people are going to be decapitated, even if you could somehow survive the catastrophes. But eventually, people are going to be forced with the choice with the mark of the beast, okay? And you don't want to do it, okay? Again, get saved now. Avoid the whole thing. But this is the context of the situation there. Revelation 14, verse 6 says this, Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live where? On the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, fear God. Why? Well, you better give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him, God, not the Antichrist, not yourself. Worship him, God, who made the heavens, the earth, and the sea, and the springs of water. Well, if you didn't listen to that warning, here comes another angel. The second one comes along, and he's fallen. He says this, hey, fallen, fallen, is Babylon the great? Who's that? That's the one world religion harlot system that people got all sucked up into. Didn't want to listen to the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. There's only one way out of this mess. It's the cross of Christ. John 14, 6, no. And they got sucked into that, so obviously they weren't saved. They got ushered into the seven-year tribulation. Well, guess what? God's going to judge that harlot 
religious world system. And that's what he says. Fallen, fallen, uh, he says there, uh, is Babylon the great, which made the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. Okay? And then, so here comes this third one. This is, man, you already blew it. Okay? Don't do this. Listen to what he says. He says, a third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, if anyone, how many is that? Anyone, okay, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on the forehead or the hand, he too will have such a great life, he'll be one of the coolest cats on the planet. You talk about unlocking convenience. This is great. You'll save so much time. I'm sorry, John. Must be the white shirt again. I don't know. Uh, but if anyone worships the image of, of, and receives the mark on the foreheader's hand, he too will drink of the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. He will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment rises how long? Forever and ever. There is no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and his image or for anyone who receives the mark of his name. Whoa. Now, folks, how many of you guys realize that sometimes in life we make mistakes? You do things that are wrong. And it has horrible side effects, like eating chicken. That's a given, right? That's an easy one. I wanted to get the ball rolling here. Okay? But according to the Bible, I tell you what, man, this one's so obvious. You don't need to know Greek for this. There's no secret thing going on here. This is plain as day. The Bible says the last thing you ever want to do is to what? Don't take the mark of the beast. And do you know that there's actually Protestant preachers who are saying you could still do that. It's crazy, okay? But that's a side note. But don't ever take the mark of the beast. Why? Because listen, folks, what does it say? You take the mark of the beast, you, you don't pass go, you don't get 200 bucks. Here's your guarantee. You're going straight into hell. You are going straight into hell and you're going to be tormented forever and ever and ever and ever. Don't worship the Antichrist. Don't take the mark. Don't take the mark. Don't take the mark. How much clearer do you got to get? And that's just one passage clearly dealing. It's not just, ooh, the mark of the beast, and everybody's fascinated with that prophecy topic. The Bible says, don't take it, don't take it. And so to me, the logical question is, well, how in the world then does the Antichrist get people to risk this horrible destiny? This is easy to ascertain from the Scripture. This is a horrible penny, a penalty. Don't take the mark. How does he get them to do it? Because we know, contextually, the bulk of the planet's still going to do it even with this warning. And so how does he do it? Well, folks, that's what we're going to see in our study. He does what he always does. Who is the one who is empowering the Antichrist? Rhymes with Satan, whoever said that right. You're on the ball. Satan is the one. Satan is not just a liar. He's the father of all lies. He's a murderer, and he's been one from the beginning. So guess what the Antichrist is and does and his character is? Just like Satan. So this is what he does. He lies. This is how he gets people to do it. This is how he risks, gets them to risk such a horrible destiny and be willing to take the mark of the beast. He lies. He twists the truth. He makes the bad look and seem good, right? And I want to share with you two things today, how he's doing that. The first way he is duping people, tricking people, deceiving people, lying to them, that somehow... This mark of the beast, whoo, you really need to just go along with it anyway, is by what I call the cool factor. Turn to somebody and say, hey, don't you want to be cool? Huh? Don't you want to be groovy, whatever generation you're part of, far out? Gnarly, for those in the 80s. <laughs> Righteous. I mean, don't you guys, come on, don't you want to be part of the in crowd, huh? Right? And believe it or not, the enemy is using this tactic to get people to go along 
uh, with the mark of the beast. Now, believe it or not, one of the biggest promoters of this cool factor to get this microchip implant, okay, right now, don't even wait for the seven-year tribulation, get used to it now, is in the tattoo and body piercing industry. The enemy is slick, man. Step by step, he starts out here, but he works people, gets them used to it. Ooh-wee, don't you want to be cool? Get this chip implant. Now, you don't want to go for the gusto right off the bat because that's too little too obvious. So he's working his way there, and he's doing it with tattoos and body piercing. I'm going to demonstrate that to you today. Okay, in my generation, okay, uh, back five years ago, yeah, what did we talk about? Lying? Thank you very much. Uh, no, in my generation, tattoos really weren't that big of a deal, right? In the 80s, right? I mean, you know, people, some people get them whatever if they were inebriated, unfortunately, or uh, some folks in the military sometimes would get them whatever, but it really wasn't that big of a deal. But today, have you noticed? Tattoos are going nuts. Everybody's getting tattooed. Big, young, old, it doesn't matter, man. Everybody wants a tattoo. And gee, I wonder why. What's on TV? I mean, there's tattoo this, tattoo shows, tattoo reality shows, whatever. It's just, it's being pushed all over the place. Now, the problem is the old ones just aren't good enough anymore, right? Like, it's like the one guy that I guess, you know, when he was younger and in shape, he got this little, this little minnow right here on his stomach. But you know, when you get older, your stomach kind of grows a little. So now he's walking around, looks like this uh, beached whale or something on there. It's like, you know, so there's a danger in tattoos. You got to be careful, apparently. Uh, but, but no, no, no. They used to be simple, right? He's a mom with a heart or something. I don't know. I never got one. But, but it just used to be not anymore. You see, it's, it's cool. You, you, and they're always looking for a way to, to push the envelope. Have you noticed that? And believe it or not, one of the latest ones that they're promoting out there with tattoos is these things called 3D tattoos. But don't worry, this is going to make you look cool. Watch this. As tattoos continue to evolve, tattoo artists must step up their game. Tonight, our Robert Price explores the world of so-called 3D tattoos. So everything's going well? Mother of three, Susanna Cower is about to spend the next six to seven hours getting a tattoo. I am finishing up a sleeve that I started several years ago. She's not the only one, not with more than 200 tattoo shops listed in the San Antonio area alone. I'm getting a tattoo on my leg. I'm getting a tap put on my foot. From conventions to reality shows, young, old, rich, poor, tattoos are seemingly more mainstream than ever and increasingly elaborate. You gotta hang with the big boys, man. I'm swimming in the shark tank, you know what I'm saying? Artist Damian Galloway says a big thing right now is photorealism, color portraits, 3D tattoos. Changed the game of tattooing. And it's really pushing the limits of art. They're trying to push the envelope. To the next, next level. A pen behind your ear, a laced up foot a terminator arm there's tattooers that are just blowing people out of the water sky is the limit with time shading and a willing and able artist you too can have a butterfly resting on your shoulder a slice of pizza on your stomach or a snake burrowing into your flesh yeah wouldn't that be awesome huh i mean you're gonna do that you might as well get like a chicken head popping out of your shoulder or something that'll freak people out okay that'd freak me out okay excuse me well, listen, you guys just don't get it. You, apparently, you don't know style, man. No wonder you guys aren't so cool. But I still love you. But it's fine. Don't you understand? This is, this is the latest thing, okay? But here's the trend. Again, it was tattoos, but tattoos aren't good enough anymore. You always got to push the envelope. Now it's 3D tattoos, and who's know what's going to be next? But if you notice, even before the 3D tattoos showed up, just getting a tattoo wasn't enough. It started to move to the next phase. And the next phase was the what? 
body piercing, right? And then it was just the little thing in the tongue. And then it was in the nose, right? Right here in the nose, and that was the next place where they started to go. And then all of a sudden it started getting on the lip, right? And I was wondering, how do you keep the food off of that and stuff like that? Then it started going on the eyebrows, and there's 400 of them on their ears, and there's just all this stuff. And then it went from body piercings to the implants, right? The bone implants. You got this coming out or whatever and all kinds of weird stuff, right? Because you're always pushing the envelope, right? Tattoo wasn't enough. You got to do this next cool thing, right? And I want to share with you folks how far this is going just to look cool with tattoos and 3D tattoos and implants. And these are some actual photographs. I'm not making it up. Okay. Turn to somebody and say, don't you want to be cool? Because uh, apparently this is what you do nowadays. You guys, you guys got to get with the program here. And uh, here's a lady now. And uh, with her tattoos and her, and her implants and stuff like that. And as you can tell, oh, yeah. Looking cool there. But, hey, it's not just for ladies. It's for guys right there. Look at that. With all due respect, apparently uh, Starbucks won too many times there. Uh, decaf might work a little bit. But, whoo, oh, eyes are dilated. Apparently, I don't know. Whoa, that's interesting. But, hey, not just for individuals. It could be for couples, huh? Look at that. Woo! Thumbs up. Don't you guys want to be cool? And I had to share this guy because this guy I haven't really got figured out. Now, apparently he, he's got to be excited, John, because he's cool, but he doesn't look too happy uh, with that. So I don't know if they put the lump on the wrong side of the head or too many lumps. I asked for one lump. You gave me three lumps. Are they called him lumpy when he's... I don't know. That's, his name is really Larry. Uh, these, what? Now, now the, those pictures are not just real, folks. Those are from the, quote, Venezuela Tattoo Expo 2015 this year. Those are relatively high off the press, okay? And what's interesting is right now, if you're paying attention to the news, there's something else wild going on in Venezuela. Venezuela is experiencing food shortages, okay? And, uh, and because of the food shortages, uh, they are being forced to register with the government in order to buy groceries. Why? Because remember we talked before in the past about the one world economy, about oil being used to uh, hurt the Russian economy on purpose as a tool. Okay, don't mess with their globalistic plans. Well, Venezuela is also being hit hard by the lowering oil prices, not just Russia. And they're experiencing a food crisis. Okay, and because of this, Venezuela's food distribution is right now under military protection. And there's food hoarding going on there. So to prevent the food hoarding, uh, this is what they're doing. I want to share you just a couple of uh, quick pictures. How would you guys like to go to the grocery store right now? You're not even in the store. This is the line to get into the store to get hopefully some food. This is happening right now as we sit here uh, in Las Vegas around the world. Okay, now what's interesting is they're not just food shortages and the government's grabbing control of the food supply, but uh, they have to keep it fair, right? They want to make sure people get too much or they hoard it. So what they're doing right now to these people is they're marking their hands. They're marking their hands in order to keep track of them to get food. And you think, well, that's never going to turn into a microchip implant. Well, guess what they're now calling for these people to do? Because, you know, you don't want somebody faking the number. Why? So now they're saying, we need to do it with your finger, biometrically on your hand, uh, in order to buy and sell with the food over there. And I got to thinking about this. This is happening. You put all this together. Okay. Um, you think, well, well the, the, these people would never. Nobody in their right mind would receive a microchip implant in order to get food, okay? And then I put you know, together what we just saw uh, in, in our study. It's like, okay, so in Venezuela right now, you will do this to your body with the tattoos and the implants. But the government who might be coming close to saying, well, we want you to put this little tiny microchip in your body. Do you think they'd even sneeze at it? 
certainly the younger and the up-and-coming generation? I don't think so, folks, and that's the whole point. So it looks to me like somebody's being warmed up to the ultimate goal, right? Okay. In fact, it's not just over in Venezuela, folks. This is a global phenomenon, even here in the United States. Okay. They are going, they're starting with tattoos, body piercing, body implants into the microchip implant. Here's another photo recently, and this is from Sweden. And these guys are calling themselves the rise of the Swedish cyborgs. Okay. And the reason why they have all their hands up doing that number is because they've just been implanted with microchips. It's the latest rage and being cool. Okay, around the world. Everybody wants a microchip implant, okay? In fact, they're also starting to have new parties, and they're actually called, frankly, implant parties. So the rage over there in Europe is to have implant parties, okay? Now, pay attention to this. I want to educate you. There's another term in the media that you need to supplant with the word mark of the beast. And for these people who are promoting this microchip implant, they have a term for themselves. They call themselves biohackers or biohacking. When you see biohackers or biohacking technology, supplant it with the word mark of the beast because that's what this is, a microchip implant. Oh, and by the way, uh, this is Sweden. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, we saw that Sweden is just about ready to go cashless. Remember that? And then remember they just came out with this hand payment system with the right hand called Quickster. And then remember last time we saw that they're actually promoting get the microchip in your hand to keep your job, Right? All this is happening over in Sweden. Uh, anybody seeing a pattern? Okay, but you might think, well, that's just guys, you know, those, those techie guys. No, the girls are getting into it too. Here's a photo of a girl, and this is what the headline said. She said, quote, she's so excited. She says, I'm among the first Swedes with the microchip. Don't you guys see how cool this is? You're never going to be as cool as these people unless you get on board with this latest aspect of looking cool, okay? So first tattoos, then body uh, uh, piercings, and then body implants, and then biohacking microchip implants uh, is what's going on. And I got to throw this one in there for measure. Uh, there's another lady in Israel. She's come out with a, a new cool thing to be cool, a, you know, body art, body stuff, body implants. And she's from Israel. I'm going to share with you a couple pictures of what she's done. And she's made jewelry that you actually connect to your veins, Right? It's not just jewelry that you implant on your arm to look cool, right? but it's in your veins. And the reason why is because what it does is the jewelry is designed in a way that the flow of blood from your veins will actually generate electricity. And so there's a piece of jewelry here on the arm. There's also one here just below the forehead. She's got right here. Okay, And this jewelry will generate electricity. Well, why would you want to do that? Well, maybe you're going to need to power a chip one day. But this is cool. This is the latest thing. And I thought it was very strange to me personally that a person from Israel will be developing a marking system. Hitler, remember? You think you'd, you'd know better with all due respect, okay? But for those of you who still can't see the connection that this is a step-by-step -step warming up process, okay, to look cool using that. Don't you want to be cool? First with tattoos and then the body piercings and then the body implants and now you need to be a biohacker is the latest cool thing, right? Uh, I'm going to share with you, guess what the latest new trend is for tattoo shops around the world to help you look cool is? Yeah, you go to a tattoo shop to get a tattoo. But also, you can go to a tattoo shop, and for a while now, you can get these, uh, you know, piercings, right? At the same place. Well, believe it or not, tattoo shops are now promoting biohacking. You can get it all done in one place. Let's take a look at that.
So you might be asking yourself, okay, I want one of these things, but how am I gonna get it in my hand? Well, Dangerous Things has started to partner with uh, professionals around the world, and uh, we brought on Dana Burnage here as co-founder, because uh, he's an expert in uh, body piercing. Um, so tell them a little bit about the, the partner network that we're building and, and why it's important. The Dangerous Things Partner Network is a uh, professional body piercing and body modification services referral network for Dangerous Things customers seeking to find a safe and reputable uh, practitioner to install their technological modifications. The place that we chose on the face between the thumb and the forefinger at the middle of the hand is a very uh, soft spot in the hand and easily accessible. There's not much in there that will cause problems between the skin and the muscle. And so was, I thought it was a very safe place. You can easily see what you're doing and feel what you're doing and uh, it's easy to keep track of the device uh, when you're placing it. It's really important to be in a safe, clean environment. And uh, you know, if we have a professional uh, that's near you, that's great. If we don't, then uh, definitely approach your, your favorite kind of local piercing professional and uh, we're, we're game to give them uh, piercing guides, uh, video examples of the implantation procedure, um, and, uh, and talk to them on the phone to kind of bring them up to speed. So, so, so do you understand the good news? If you don't happen to be in one of those areas where they're already promoting this now, to be a biohacker, get this latest cool trend. Uh, we'll, 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 you know, give us the number or vice versa. We'll, we'll train these guys how to add this to their business. First tattoos, then body piercings, body implants, biohacking microchip implant. Okay, it's a clear, obvious pattern. But you guys might be thinking, well, unfortunately, that's just those young whippersnappers, right? Us adults, there's no way we'd ever fall for that, right? Folks, call it a midlife crisis or what? But now you're seeing adults all over the world who are getting sucked into this under the guise of being cool as well. Here's just one guy who's promoting it in Europe, giving it a live demonstration of his implant. Let's take a look. So he's going to use a, uh, a large gauge needle that will install this uh, subcutaneously. Ready for the insertion. Ready for the insertion. Here it is. Okay, that's in. <laughs> and the chip is in as well. That's it. Done. Actually, it did not really hurt very much at all. Oh, come on. Join the crowd, folks. This is awesome. So when you want to be cool, even as an adult, keep up with those young whippersnappers. It doesn't hurt that much. And isn't that the most important thing? Now, that guy, in case you're wondering, uh, his name is Peter Diamandis. He's got a partner, Raymond McCauley. Uh, they're giving this talk over here on biotechnology. Pay attention to that as well, biohacking, biotechnology. And he stated, listen to his direct, you tell me there's not a pattern here of warming people up, tattoos, body piercings, chip implants. He said, quote, this guy, chip implants are as easy now as body piercing. See a pattern here? Then he says, incorporating this technology into our bodies may seem repellent or unnatural to some people, but many of us are already cyborgs and he says this, he says this, for example, vaccination is a kind of technological augmentation, right? We're used to having a needle in to get these drugs inside of us. How's this any different? Just a needle getting a chip. 
And then he goes on to say this, implants could create the internet of things. We could use our hands to unlock doors, start the car, or pay for coffee. You know, buy and sell. Hey, turn to somebody and say, hey, this. Don't you want to be hip with a chip? Huh? Don't you guys know style? Aren't you with the game? What's up with you, man? Come on. Unfortunately, it's working too well. And yet the Bible says, yeah, you might think you're cool, but in the seven-year tribulation, you just sealed your fate to be tormented with fire forever and ever and ever. Isn't that just like the enemy to take eternal torment and fire and say it's cool? That's what he's doing. The second way that people are being made willing uh, is what I call the convenience factor. Okay? If, you, if the cool thing doesn't get you, maybe they could suck you in with just convenience because it's all about the customer nowadays, right? Okay? And believe it or not, this is what they're doing, folks. Uh, and Jesus, I believe, warns us about this kind of deception uh, in the last days. This is going to be part and parcel of the seven-year tribulation. Don't listen to this. Don't be deceived. These guys are trying to snooker you. Don't fall for the propaganda or the hype, okay? And that's what Jesus said here in Matthew 24, verses 4 through 5, 10 through 11, 23 through 25. Jesus answered, watch out that no one, what? Deceives you, okay? Why? Because many are going to come in my name, he says, claiming I am the Christ. And will what? deceive many says it a second time at that time he says many will turn away from the faith they'll betray and hate each other and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people third time in the same context and he says at that time if anyone says to you look here's the christ or or there he is don't believe it jesus said for false christ and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to here it is a fourth time deceive even who though this time the elect, if that were possible. And then he says this, well, see, I told you ahead of time. Crone translation, listen, you guys have no excuse, elect. You guys have no excuse. There's no reason for you to be deceived. I told you in advance. It's been sitting here. I warned you repeatedly for 2,000 years. Don't be deceived. The seven-year tribulation is going to be a time of absolute, utter, great deceit, massive deception. But if you just stick to the words of Jesus, if you pay attention to his prophecies and his warnings, you can't be caught off guard. Anybody would say that's a good benefit from studying Bible prophecy? That's a no, right? That's what Jesus told you ahead of time. But if you weren't told ahead of time, how would you know? And that's what's happening today. And so people are being deceived, deceived, deceived. And I'm telling you, this uh, second thing is happening. It's the convenience factor. Right? If you didn't fall for the cool thing, the, and, and again, it's a step-by-step process. If you want to be cool, what do you got to do? First, get a tattoo. And then that's not enough. You got to get a 3D tattoo. And then that's not enough. You got to get this body piercing. And then that's not enough. You got to get these implants. And then that's not enough. You got to be the biohacking implant person, okay? Same thing when it comes to this convenience. They're starting at the end of the spectrum, to get us used to the ultimate goal of getting an an implant into our hand and then eventually the forehead too. But see, you can't jump for the first one. That freaks people out, right? So just like with the tattoos, to be cool, it's the same thing with convenience. And they're starting now, right now as we sit here, do you realize what one of the latest convenient trends are that's being promoted all over the world? There's these electronic devices you wear on the outside of your hand called wearables. Have you noticed that? And wearables, oh, if you would just get this electronic device on the outside of your hand, step one, oh, 
You talk about a world of convenience. You wouldn't just be cool. Woo, you can get so much more done with one of these. Watch this. It's time to merge high tech with high fashion. Intel is showing off a new luxury smart bracelet called the Mika. It's created in partnership with the fashion company called Opening Ceremony. It's essentially jewelry with its own phone number. That means you need a data plan. It receives text messages which are displayed on the curved sapphire screen on the wrist and it also will be able to show other notifications. The Smart Ring by Moda. The natural, low-key, and convenient way to stay on top of what is important in your life. Who is trying to reach you and what you need to do next? Include the people you want, exclude the calls and texts you don't. Forget about constantly checking your phone. Stay in sync with what matters using what's right in front of you. The smart ring is a very natural way to see who's trying to reach you. Passe. Oh, come on. You guys, you still got cell phones. You don't even know what hip is. You know what I'm saying? If we all get one of these external, you know, wearables, this is, I mean, this is awesome. I, I can keep track of my calories, right? I can see how far I ran and walked throughout the day. My health score, what my heart rate is. I, I can play, I can play games even in the bathtub. You know what I'm saying? I can stay connected with social media. 
I don't even have to get off the couch to get that cell phone. Talk about convenient. If I just get this external wearable on my hand, ooh-wee. And then a shocker of shocker, folks, uh, guess what now? That's step one. They're now starting to come out with something new with these wearables that they can do for you that's so convenient. I mean, they do all that other stuff anyway. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you could buy and sell with them now? Well, you can. All in one device. Let's take a look at that. PayPal is the first payment provider on the Samsung Gear 2 smartwatch. The app lets you check in and pay in the local store, save and redeem offers, and get payment notifications. With the technology of a wireless payment system, it will replace your wallet as well as your apartment and car keys. And what's more, it will assist in keeping tabs on your finances, helping to control your expenses. It will keep an accounting of your nutritional input by tallying up the calories of food that you buy in the store and deducting the calories which you expend through physical activity. In addition, it will not only keep track of your weight, but also the nutritional value of your diet, indicating to you in a timely manner any deficiencies or overabundances of vitamins and trace minerals which you require observing the chosen diet. Pour is a beer system that allows customers to pour their own beer. With an RFID wristband, a valve controls beer flowing through the tap while the meter measures the amount of beer a customer pours, accurate to more than one one-hundredth of an ounce. With iPourIt, every ounce of beer is metered and charged to a customer as they are pouring it. Limits can be set per visit, per hour, or per pour. Once a limit is reached, the customer can visit with the host again, who can make a decision to allow more ounces to be consumed or cut them off. Please pay with their selling. Four dollars for coffee. Payment received. Thank you. Take a uh, large coffee and uh, leave room, please. That's three dollars and twenty-six cents. Uh, three twenty-six. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Um. Oh. There you go. Once you've experienced My Magic Plus at Walt Disney World Resort, 
you'll want to use it everywhere. This is going to be awesome! Yeah! It's going to be awesome. When all we need in life for all this convenience, even payment purposes, is this external wearable device. And in case you guys aren't hip, Disney World is starting to get anxious to think it's awesome too. If you would just get this wearable, okay? But you see, there's a problem, and maybe you've already come to the same conclusion I have, is these wearables, yeah, they, they do get you used to a certain element of convenience. You can do all kinds of neat things with these electronic gadgets on your hand. And, and, and they're very convenient for payment purposes, right? But what if you lose your wearable? How are you going to access it now? You're going to lose access for all this convenience, for all these personal things and all the payment thing. What are you going to do? And I quote, do you know what the latest trend just now starting is in wearable technology? It's called Project Underskin. And if you just get this electronic wearable under your skin or permanently tattooed on the outside of your skin, you'll never lose it. And you'll have convenience forever. Watch this. From smartphones to Google Glass, this past decade has brought a wave of new technology and technological advances, and in the next five years, those advances are expected to go beneath the surface, literally. The next big thing in wearable technology may be a tattoo implanted in the skin, according to Fast Company. The folks at New Deal Design, the San Francisco-based design company behind the Fitbit Force Wellness Watch, drafted a mock-up of the tattoo for Fast Company's Wearables Week. They called it Project Underskin. The foundation of Underskin would be a visible tattoo implanted in the knuckle of the thumb and a larger, invisible tattoo implanted in the palm, according to Fast Company. The tattoo would interact with everything the consumer touches and would recognize the consumer's location as well as movements within the body. But I'm sure that's just a chance. You know, it's just a quinky-dink that, just like with the tattoos, and led to the body piercing and the implants and biohacking implant. And now these wearables, you know, it starts off with just for these nifty external things you got to put on you for convenience and then payment. And then now you need something permanent under or permanently tattooed on you. It's not by chance, folks. It's called deceit. Deceit, deceit, deceit. Don't fall for it. Oh, it's being touted as cool. Oh, it's being touted as convenient. But Jesus said, see, I told you ahead of time that this is the same kind of deceit that the Antichrist, the enemy is going to use during the seven-year tribulation. The elect, there's no reason for you to fall for it. Unless, of course, you're never taught Bible prophecy. Then you're left in the dark. Okay? And that's why Jesus also said when these things begin to take place, because they are taking place, folks, what do you do? You stand up, you lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. That means he's coming back to get us. And again, that's good news, okay? But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I beg you, what more is it going to take? How many more signs does God got to give you before you realize, listen, there's only one way out of this mess, and it's through Jesus. And if Jesus Christ is not your Lord and Savior, if you've got any question, you better do it today. Because the rapture could happen before we're done here today, very quickly, and you'd be left behind. But as we close as a church, I wanted to kind of challenge us, folks. We've had the privilege as a church to go through a lot of Bible prophecy. Churches in mass across America get zero. 
year after year after year. And it's not just as a comforting reminder that Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. That's good. But I believe there's a second reason why God would want us, even here at sunrise, to go through prophecy as much as we have so far. And that's to remind us, folks, that we have a world of people out of here. 95% of Las Vegas does not know Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. And how much suffering, how much torment could they avoid if we just here at sunrise would get really serious about why we're still here? And that is sharing the gospel with the lost. We'll close in prayer after this. A letter came to me some years ago from the mission field and my wife brought it to me and said would you please read this and I was sitting in my office in Dallas in a comfortable chair I finished reading the letter I was weeping on my knees letter came from a dear brother a native missionary that worked in Harduwar by river Ganges during that couple of weeks time 35 million Hindus walked and traveled by train and bullock carts and buses from all over the country to go in this dirty polluted waters of river Ganges washing themselves for the forgiveness of sins this one missionary working among these people telling about Jesus one evening he was coming home and now in the letter he writes the experience what happened that evening he said I saw this young woman sitting by the bank of the river weeping uncontrollably and pounding upon her chest knowing something so terrible happened I went to her and asked why are you weeping what happened she replied my husband is sick he can't work anymore my sins are so many that nobody knows about to find forgiveness for my sins and solution to the problems of my home I have given the best offering I can give to God as Ganges my only son my six-month-old baby boy I just threw him into the river next paragraph I sat beside her explained her the gospel her sins are forgiven 2000 years ago I explained to her that God is not angry with her God didn't make her poor all of a sudden she wiped her tears and looked straight into my eyes and said these words but why didn't you come to me half hour sooner I didn't have to kill my child I never heard this before but why didn't you come to me half hour sooner how many people here in Las Vegas caught up in the polluted waters of Las Vegas would say the same thing to us Christian co-worker, Christian family member, Christian. I never heard this before. I, don't, I, I didn't hear about Jesus on TV. They didn't teach me this in school. 
the churches I went to, they never talked about Jesus. Why didn't you come to me a half hour sooner? What took you so long to tell me? I didn't have to lose my marriage. I didn't have to come down with a disease or AIDS. I didn't have to ruin my body with drugs or immorality. I didn't, I didn't have to go to hell. I didn't have to take the mark of the beast. Why didn't you come half hour sooner? God, I truly believe, has given us here at Sunrise a unique opportunity. We are so equipped in Bible prophecy. We don't know everything. But we are so equipped in Bible prophecy than the bulk of the churches across the whole United States. But God doesn't want us to sit on it. It's to remind us that our redemption is drawing near. Amen. But we need to get out there and tell people about Jesus with what we've learned. Because time is short. And let's be that church that gets there on time, not a half hour late. Amen? Let's pray. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter. I 
Couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. 